Welcome to episode one of the Forum Podcast. Uh, Our hope in this podcast is to introduce you, Louisiana youth pastors, to other youth pastors in the state, and also share some thoughts and information that will be helpful to your ministry. My name is Brandon Lewis, and I am thrilled that you are with us today. We have been anxious to record this episode, but of course, COVID and storms have made it difficult. Um, but we're excited that we'll be able to be with you today. Our guest today is Evan McFarland, student pastor at First West um, West Monroe campus. Evan and I have been friends for several years now, and I met when we were both serving churches in the Bossier City area. Evan, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, man. Uh, like you said, I've been excited to be able to join you for this in a, for a while. 2020 has been crazy, um, but I'm glad we have the time at the end of the year to sit down and do this together, man. Indeed, indeed. Well, let's start this way, Evan. Tell us a little bit about you um, so other youth ministers and youth ministry leaders across the state can get to know um, a little about Evan McFarland. How long have you been in youth ministry? So uh, I've I've been in uh, student ministry about eight years now. Um, I started Started a little later. I didn't know student ministry is what I wanted to do um, right out of college or anything like that. But I uh, started serving as a as a student ministry intern, and then I was a middle school pastor, and then a high school pastor, and now I'm a student pastor um, over uh, sixth through twelfth grade ministries over, over here in West Monroe, Louisiana. Very good, very good. And y'all have multiple campuses, right? We do, we do. So I'm at our West Monroe campus, and then we have one up in the Fairbanks Sterlington area. And we also have one over in the Calhoun area as well. Great. And so does that, uh, does that opportunity give you a chance to help coordinate some student ministry across those campuses? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like uh, right before we sat down, I just met with the team um, before, uh, before this meeting and, and we kind of um, celebrated, had, had a meal together to kind of finish out the year, but also talked about some ministry opportunities coming up. And so while we operate independently in some ways, we're also one church. And so, we coordinate um, events together. We um, we utilize the same curriculum across our campuses. We uh, do the same uh, same trainings for our leaders. So, able to really uh, collaborate together uh, in ministry, which is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Tell us a little bit about your family, Evan. Yeah, so my lovely bride, her name is Katie, and uh, we're coming up on ten years of marriage. And uh, man, she's awesome. And then I have three kids. Uh, the, the oldest two are twins. They're five years old, Adeline and Wilder, boy and girl twins. And then we have a new one who's almost five months old and her name is Hazel. And so, uh, man, we got thrown right back into that, uh, that baby phase, which is, which is a tough adjustment to get back into, but, uh, but it's been fun. So yeah, got three kids and a, a lovely, awesome wife. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Evan, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about youth ministry. Um, you know, especially de- during COVID time and, and uh, for those of us in Louisiana here dealing with storms and recovery and things, some of us have had uh, maybe a little more opportunity than than usual to think and dream and consider youth ministry. Uh, but as you know, and there's also a lot of talk about Gen Z and, and the, the, the specifics of this generation. So um, tell me this, tell me what excites you most about being a youth ministry leader? 
Man, it, there's so much uh, that, that really gets me fired up and is the reason why I do it. But I think if I had to narrow in on what it is, and, and you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about too, working with students, is, is that moment when you can see in a student's life that they get it. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the effort you've been pouring in, the prayer you've been pouring into their life, the, the, the influential leaders you've been putting around them, the resources you've been sending their parents, all this, all this stuff you've been doing for them. When, when you finally see them get it and finally see that, man, God wants to use them in incredible ways and the, the life that he is calling them to is greater than any other life there is. Um, man, when they just, when they grasp that and then begin to utilize their teenage years for the gospel, man, it's just, it, it's amazing uh, to watch yeah. that. And then the longer you're in it, you know, and I'm starting to get to a place where now I get to see these students who get it, go to college and get married and, and th- those kind of things, which is really cool to see that last a lifetime as well. And so uh, if I had to narrow in, I would probably say that's my favorite. Just when it, when it clicks with a student, when the Holy Spirit uh, grabs a student's life and they respond to that and, uh, and, and they just are on fire for the gospel. It's, it, it, you never get old of that, no matter how long you do this. That, that never gets tiring to see at all. That's right. That's right. Are there, are there markers that you've identified, some of those some of those uh, to use a, a word tangible things that you see uh, it may be evidence or fruit in their life that you sort of know uh, now now they're they're getting there they do get it sure yeah for sure well um, man a, a big thing that, that I think is just a commitment to uh, to their life in Christ and so whether that is um, you know uh, like life group attendance or just uh, you know something big for me that, that shows me their commitment is when they, they come to me or one of our leaders and say, man, I was reading this in my Bible this week. Could you help me understand what that means? Instead of us having to open it for them and take them when, when they're doing the reverse Absolutely. of that, yeah. then, uh, you know, that's huge when, when they're active and helping lead out in different uh, efforts in your ministry, when they are inviting friends to come to church with them, just, just when you see, kind of this, this whole collective idea of well-rounded discipleship. When, when you start seeing those things fall into place and, um, and, and, and I, I think it, it's hard, like you're saying to, to name, like this is that moment. But, but I think you just, you realize that when you see all these elements of, of spiritual disciplines taking hold in their life, that's okay. They're, they're being transformed right now. You know? Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's great. Well, you know, as you know, um, Louisiana has churches and youth groups of all different sizes. Yeah, really, uh, really large groups, and then those that um, would be more like a handful of students. And one of the priorities of this podcast um, is that the content that we produce be helpful to to each one of those churches on some level. That uh, that people are able to pull out some of those those nuggets of truth or some of those principles or ideas. Um, that they can use no matter the size of that group. And uh, as we you know, started thinking about who to, um, to talk with in these first several episodes as we were planning and things, you came to my mind uh, because I've had the opportunity to see you lead in youth ministry in a couple of different settings that you've mentioned before. Um, and I've noticed that one of the things that, uh, that you've been able to do or that God has done through you is to help create an atmosphere uh, where in truth, it's really difficult to identify the size of the group. Um, and, and by that, I mean, uh, I've seen you in, in opportunity where working with a large youth group uh, that didn't feel like a large youth group. And, and you know, we did a, a retreat together with guys um, where it wasn't as big a group, but it still felt very much like family. The truth is that's not easy to do. 
um, it takes some skill to help create that kind of atmosphere. So how, how do you do, what are some of the things that you do to help create that family or that personal atmosphere um, inside your youth ministry um, organization? Sure. Uh, one, one thing before I kind of answer that, one thing that I love that, that I get to do here at First West, you mentioned earlier, we have the three campuses and I really feel like our three campuses kind of encompass this idea you're talking about. And mm, so yeah. our West Monroe campus uh, is what most would classify as a large student ministry. Our uh, Fairbanks campus would be kind of a medium sized ministry. And then our Calhoun uh, campus is only two years old. And so it, it still uh, is a smaller church setting. And so uh, and my dad was a smaller church youth pastor growing up. And so I saw that life as well. And so I have such respect for guys of, of all size churches um, and, and, the, and the work that we do for the next generation. And so uh, I appreciate you taking the effort to, to identify that uh, and, and really uh, try to equip us better as youth leaders. Um, man, I, I would say um, that to, it's important when you are in a larger context uh, to really make it feel not large to, to, mm -hmm. to make it small. Um, when something's large, it's easy for transient students to come in and out and uh, for them not to be noticed. And the last thing that I think teenagers ever, but especially this uh, generation of students, the, the last thing that they want is to not be noticed. Mm -hmm. And so um, the, the, the kind of question with that is, so how do you do that? Right. And uh, man, the, the, the biggest way, the heartbeat of our student ministry is our life groups, is our small groups. And so um, there, there's no way I can personally shepherd every single one of the students that, that come here to our, our student ministry. Right. So I have to put really quality, really great God-loving leaders in place um, to, to help with that, um, that process. And so something I spend a lot of my time on is finding good leaders and recruiting good leaders. And um, man, we have the best student leaders this year, um, best life group leaders. And so it makes it huge. I know you've heard a stat before, but a student needs five influential adults in their life to influence them towards Jesus. And so that's what we try to do. Uh, you know, hopefully a couple of those are, are parents or grandparents and then, uh, may, uh, you know, church leaders can play a role. And then I want a life group leader to play that role. And so it, it, it's equipping them. It's handing ministry over to your life group leaders where everything isn't fostered around. I'm doing something. Y'all can be a part of it, but it's handing ministry over to them and saying, here, I'm equipping you. That's our job as leaders in the church is yeah. to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so it's a hand that to them. And then to those students who get it, like we talked about earlier, really set them loose to be student leaders in your ministry to, to help engage the students who maybe are having a hard time engaging. Um, we're failing as youth leaders if we only engage with the ones who, who are easily engageable. You know, we have to seek out the ones who, who want to sit by themselves. Who, or as soon as they get in the room, pull out their phone and start playing a game. We, we have to find ways to make them feel included as well. And so um, make, make it small would be my short answer to that. Make, make it as small as possible through every avenue that you can do. Yeah, and so when I was in local church youth ministry, um, used a very similar uh, kind of strategy uh, in those. And what I found, and, and just wanted to throw this out there to see if you agree, that when you, when you recruit well and train your leaders well to do the work of ministry, leading um, for you guys' life group, for other churches will be Sunday school or small groups or, or whatever, uh, that frees you up. To, to go and find those students who are maybe um, in the corners or um, on the fringes, as we say, in youth ministry world. Um, 
And I, I really love the idea that you that you mentioned of engaging your leadership students uh, in some of those same kind of things. Do you guys have specific roles where you plug in um, your your students who've stepped out as leaders? Uh, for sure. So I'll, I'll kind of speak. Everything was kind of turned on its head with COVID and all that. So sure. I'll speak of how Absolutely. things were set up prior to that. But we had something called a student serve team. And uh, th- those were a core group of high school students um, that would come to my house every Sunday evening. And, um, and I would disciple them. And uh, we would walk through uh, the lesson and um, just kind of do life together, share a meal together. And then uh, our Wednesday night ministry to make that effort smaller as well. We, we had our high school and our middle school students separated and our high school students met in homes. And actually our, those student serve team members led those groups. And so I would teach them Sunday and then they would teach Wednesday nights. Now we had adults around, so please don't hear that. I was releasing high school students into homes with no leaders, but <laughs> right. we had parents and stuff, but, but our students were leading that. And then the, those student serve team members were also responsible for getting there early on Sunday and engaging students um, as they arrived on Sunday morning. So to your point, man, uh, I, I would work hard and, and I do work hard to engage our, our life group leaders, our Sunday school leaders. I work hard to engage our student serve team leaders. And so on Sunday, which is considered kind of, you know, the youth pastors work day, if you would, um, a lot of my time was just spent connecting with people, right? I have these people who are already released and equipped to, to do the work of the ministry around and to, to make students feel included and welcome. And so it frees up my plate to really go around to those maybe harder to reach students, right? That, that I'm, I'm a little better equipped to, to connect with and really go be intentional with those students. So uh, that, that, you know, releasing those, those students into your ministry is, is really, really important. Yeah, and so as we're as we're thinking about uh, groups of different sizes, and I love that you mentioned your your dad was in youth ministry as well. Um, this is a, an idea or a practice that really can be put in place um, in a small youth group, right? You know, for for that person that's uh, whether it's a, a single youth ministry volunteer um, or a summer youth pastor kind of deal um, that's you know that's really has the ability to teach a Sunday school class or a small group class. Um, maybe recruit somebody to either help with that or put them in place uh, or even a student leader to give them an opportunity to, to teach a part of the lesson or the entire lesson, um, but to give them some ownership um, in the, in the group and in that program. Um, it's a fantastic way to, to not only disciple students and, and adult leaders, but to, uh, to make yourself uh, a little more available to reach out to those students that are more, a little more difficult to to get to know the introverts or the ones that ones that um, don't as easily engage um, with our groups. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes Brandon, that, that can be difficult because as you as you equip those, especially student leaders, um, you know, p- part of that, like you said, for them is discipleship, and so they're not always going to do everything perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So so a yep. lot of that process is coaching and correcting and helping lead them and guide them. And, and I think so often we just want to step in and do it because we know we can do it right. Um, but really the thing that's going to have bigger long-term success is allowing them to mess up sometimes and not do the best job sometimes, but it's the job that that's really going to have the most impact on your ministry. Yeah. And so, so the idea there would be allowing them to fail mm-hmm. um, in a safe way, right? Not right, a way that's, right. uh, that's going to be embarrassing to them or... Or, or be hurtful to, you know, the student ministry, but letting them experience some of that struggle that comes with um, making a mistake and learning through it. Uh, yeah, I think that's great. 
Well, we're here in December, Evan, and uh, who would have thought that we're still working our way through this COVID uh, experience? Uh, but I think it's safe to say that uh, that these have been some of the most challenging days that we've ever experienced and hopefully uh, will ever experience. But maybe uh, as we're in conversation, maybe particularly youth ministry, certainly our churches have struggled in a lot of different ways. Youth ministry, though, I think has some unique uh, challenges, um, primarily, in my opinion, dealing with uh, the social nature of teenagers um, and, and much of that, you know, having to be canceled or severely adjusted, you know, but in these times it's easy uh, for us to get overwhelmed or frustrated. Um, I think one way to guard against that is to think practically, to really take a moment and, and think through why we do what we do to look at the, the facts of our programming in particular, uh, both the negative things and the, and the positive aspects of those and to learn from it. So I want to ask you a couple of uh, questions related to that idea and, uh, and, and sort of find out how you guys at First West students have, have made some of these adjustments and, and even maybe looking into 2021 as all of us are, are looking at calendars and uh, trying to figure out what the new year is going to look like. But um, so uh, maybe looking back a little bit, starting there, what, what is the biggest win for your student ministry during this COVID or quarantine time? Um, so as you identify that, tell us why you qualify that as a win. Um, yeah, I, I would say, um, and man, it was a difficult time and still is a difficult time. Um, but I would say the win is it got us back to our basics in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and, and, and made us ask that question, okay, why are we doing this? And is it something that needs to be done? Right. And so, uh, the, the biggest example, I, I think for any of us, uh, no matter the size church or position we're in. Um, we, we know we should be regularly contacting and reaching out to the people involved in our ministry, but that can easily be the thing that falls away first when we start getting busy, right? When, when, we, when we're doing events and when we're uh, just kind of going through our day-to-day -day stuff, uh, we, we can lose track of that sometimes. And so um, a, a win was not only our student team, um, our staff team, but also um, just our releasing our life group leaders to really stay in frequent contact um, with our students. And so um, we, everyone knows of this generation, they're really good at texting, you know, not as good at phone calls. And so I think in traditional church life, you think of sitting down and making those calls, man, it, it was as easy as like shooting a text or even a DM to them and, and just saying, hey, praying for you, we miss you, how's it going? And uh, we got really good response um, from that. And, and I think the the students I've seen as we've kind of slowly gotten back into a rhythm of being together somewhat again, uh, the students that we were best at contacting during the quarantine time and that we were in relationship with even during that time have been the first ones to come back um, mm -hmm. from that time. Okay. And so, um, you know, a challenge for us is the ones who didn't connect as well. How do we get them reengaged? But, you know, for us, the win was, um, our life group leaders and our team did a really good job of contacting people involved in our ministry and staying in contact with them. Yeah. I've heard that from several folks across the state. It's really, it's really stood out as one of the, you know, one of the most important things that we could do. All right. On the, on the opposite side of that same coin uh, and maybe being a little bit vulnerable with us, tell us what's been one of the most difficult parts 
uh, of the quarantine and how you overcame that? Um, I, I think for me, um, I, I'm just um, someone who likes to be active and busy and, and, um, and, and productive, right? Um, I don't know if you're into Enneagrams, Brandon, but uh, <laughs> as this generation would say, I'm, I'm a three, which is an achiever, right? And so someone who just likes to um, always work towards goals and someone who um, always is setting something and trying to work towards it. And that was really hard um, d- during this whole season is so many of those goals you want to set just have to get thrown away. Yeah. And the goals that we had kind of conditioned ourselves for years and years and years in ministry were no longer the goals. And so, um, and so being vulnerable personally, that, that, that was tough of just figuring out kind of reshaping, what my thoughts and views on student ministry were, I would say the biggest hurdle just as a church for us or a a student ministry for us was like, how, how do we safely Mm re-engage and, but at the same time meet meet the needs of our people. Right. And so we we know it's not good to live in isolation. Uh, We would say almost weekly before this time that man, you need community. You need to be a part of your life group or this group. Right. And so, um, you know, we didn't want to leave them in isolation without those opportunities. But at the same time, we have a responsible to be good shepherds and um, and to, to lead well during this time and safely during this time. And so finding that balance of of what can we do and, and then is it worth it to do versus, mm-hmm. man, let's stay safe and care for our people really well. Um, it's it's difficult, you know, um, navigating that. You know, when, when I when I went to seminary and and trained to be a student pastor. I never thought there would be a day where, uh, you know, you're having to set like temperature checking protocols and like <laughs> right. calling people for, uh, to let them know that they have possibly been exposed and like all those kind of things that we're having. So all of that's just really difficult because it's not what we want to do. Right. But it's being a good shepherd and being a good leader to your people. So, um, all those things have been really difficult, man. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and I appreciate you talking through that. You know, it's, um, I, I think a lot of us in youth ministry, whether we're more extroverted or introverted, you know, all of us are goal driven to some That's degree. Right. Yeah. And uh, that, you know, for, for each of us personally, that probably was a, a quite a big, difficult challenge. Um, the goalpost kept moving, as has been said a many, many times. And uh, we have to re- reestablish and relearn what those are. And again, even looking at a 2021, we're still wondering some of those things, but but the Lord is good, and uh, that's right. And He's going to do some great things. So, uh, so looking ahead into the new year um, and taking what you've learned from uh, from twenty twenty, uh, give us a, a practical tip or two um, that you've taken from this time and that transfers into the new year. And and maybe as you think through that and share it, Evan, um, thinking uh, about groups of different sizes. Yeah. Um, one, one thing that I noticed, um, while we had the time during quarantine, I I tried to do a lot of research on, um, social media and how to utilize technology as efficiently as possible. And, and when I dug into, um, kind of the, the analytics of the content that we were putting out there, um, anything that involved uh, or showed a student, so a student doing a video or, or, or students in pictures or, students leading a, a devotional or whatever, those things got significantly more engagement than anything else that we would put out there. 
And so, uh, man, something I've taken away and that we are actively planning is our, our social media or our, our technology presence, however any student ministry utilizes that, and it, whether it's a group me, whether it's an Instagram, whether it's a texting service, whatever it is, um, it needs to be a lot less me and a lot more our students, <laughs> right? And right. so, um, and so that, that's where these student leaders, again, come into play of, of allowing them to, to own some of that, um, not, not foolishly, you know, giving them guidelines, but, but helping them uh, with that. So th- that's something that, that I want to do better at going the, in this next year is give away more ministry, not just to other leaders, but to our students more. And, um, and, I, and I think other students respond better to that. Yeah. So when, when you do that, like the first thing that comes to my mind, I saw uh, a few student ministries that did a, um, a student takeover of their Instagram or something. Of right. That um, you know, those of us who are um, administrative minded, sometimes one of our first thoughts is, oh, no, there's there's a lot of liability um, in there. And there is, you know, that's the truth of the situation. But but tell me as you as you're thinking through that of, of giving ministry opportunities or ownership of the student ministry to um, teenagers, even though they're leaders, students, and and probably older high schoolers. Um, tell me what you've seen in some of those things. Have they stepped up to the challenge or do they tend to, to struggle in some of those ways? So um, I'll kind of give you two examples uh, that, that we did in this time of one, one where it was kind of a complete, I trust you and do it. And then one where it was a little more managed. And so um, one of those things that we, we were doing a, a devotional as a student ministry each week, we were kind of reading parts of the Bible. And then, um, and, and when I started that, uh, we would read, we had a reading plan together and then I would go on our social media and I would just kind of lead a discussion um, on there of like, Hey, here's a few takeaways from what you read. And it was getting decent engagement, but not a ton. Well, one week I took two students who are part of our student serve team who love Jesus deeply, who everything in their life that I know of honors Jesus. And so, um, and so I said, Hey, I, I want you guys to go live on our Instagram. And I just want y'all to talk about the, the reading you did this week and what God showed you in it. Now the, these were seniors. These are people I trusted. These are people I've discipled personally, right? These are students I've discipled and they went on there and, and, that was by far the most engagement of anything we had done in, a, in that series. So like um, now should, should they be void of hearing me teach them? Absolutely not. Right. Like they, they still right. need those opportunities, but, but so that was one, I kind of, I trusted them and I handed it to them and said, Hey, run with this. Another one was we were getting ready to launch kind of a back to school devotional. And also our church was getting ready to kind of regather together during that time. And so we, we had uh, an intentional devotional plan. We wanted to read as a student ministry leading into that. So with that, I texted students and I said, hey, would you record yourself saying this line and send it back to me? And then I, I took that video and pieced it together and then posted it. So I was telling them what to say, but it was still student led and student driven. And so I think there's two approaches. The ones you trust, you can kind of give them some of that stuff. And then not that I didn't trust those other students, but just I, I had a specific uh, vision and a goal that I wanted to accomplish with that video. And so I, I asked them to be a part of that. So that, that's kind of how I've seen that flesh out for, for our ministry. And so uh, would you agree that from your experience, you give those students an opportunity to step up and more times than not, they're going to, they're going to step up to that opportunity um, and do it well. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, uh, we often want to um, not put a lot of responsibility on teenagers, but 
um, all throughout history, they have had a ton of responsibility on them. And, and that age is capable of a lot if we challenge them to it. So um, that they know that they're, they're so aware of social media presence and the, mm-hmm. the consequences that, that social media can have that, that they realize what the consequences would be if they did something foolish and it came from the student ministry. Right. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I think they're going to, they, most of the time they would step up and, um, and, and the ones that you do have a check in your spirit that maybe they don't uh, just, just lean into those and, and, and be a little closer to those situations and help guide them through that. Mm-hmm. And now let's just, just for uh, the sake of, making sure everybody understands we're talking about giving them responsibilities with proper guidelines, with proper accountability. Um, and oftentimes even with specific instruction. That's right. I love it. I love it. Well, Evan, you and I have talked before, um, about people that have been influential in our lives and in our ministry. And I think it's important that we intentionally learn from other leaders, whether that be the pastor that we're serving with or peers that we're around, leaders outside our ministry. Um, you know, maybe maybe some of our listeners are podcasters and they're they're plugging into podcasts that they're learning from. Um, if you could have a conversation with one influential leader, who would that be and why? Uh d- should I say Jesus? Is that the right answer? Sure, absolutely. I'm gonna say that's a given, right? Uh, that's that, right. That, yeah, Jesus would be that, and, and I'm gonna stay away from biblical people as well because there's a lot of those we'd want to talk to. Um, when when I hear that, I, I think of living, so someone I could actually have a conversation with, and and someone I respect a lot in ministry is Matt Chandler, and um, and the way um, he teaches. So I love his preaching style, and I try to try to model my own teaching style um, somewhat after that. And then just the way um, I've even kind of looked into how they lead their church. And, uh, and though he is what is known as a mega church pastor and, uh, and could be somewhat called Christian famous, if you want to use those titles, just because of his preaching ability, um, he is really a pastor to his people in a lot of ways. And, um, and so I, I respect a lot of the ways um, that he does ministry. And so that's someone um today that I would love to sit down and have lunch with and just kind of, kind of pick his brain on ministry. Yeah, that's great. Learning, learning how larger ministries do things can certainly help uh, those of us who, who are in ministries of any size. You know, one of the things about, about youth ministry that I have uh, loved for years and that I identify that is really special about youth ministry is that we can try things uh, in youth ministry that maybe other age graded ministries um, don't have the same opportunity. You know, if we if we uh, have an idea and uh, and it fails or it just didn't good, there's not a whole lot of ripple effect sometimes from that. Aside from right. a student, you know, making fun of us or calling us names or whatever. Um, right. But uh, but that's not a knock on on all our other age graded ministries or age group. It's just an observation. But one of the things that we've learned about ourselves is. Um, is the how-tos of ministry. And, and again, as you and I have been in friendship and relationship, those are things that we've talked about. Uh, so if you, could, if you could go back to um, uh, Evan McFarlane on day one of student ministry um, and, and have a conversation with yourself, what, what's the one thing or the one piece of advice that you would want to make sure you, you, you told yourself as you began that, that student ministry? Great question. That's great. Um, I, I think for me, 
it would be, I would have to look at myself and say, Evan, don't try to prove yourself to everybody that Mm. you're going to deal with criticism in ministry and you're going to deal with people who just don't like what you're doing. And the goal in ministry is not to get everyone to like what you're doing. Um, the goal is to be faithful to what God has called you to do. And so, um, and so I, I dealt with uh, the heaviness of criticism for a while. And then also um, I dealt with uh, trying to prove myself. And for me, the way that manifested was filling up a calendar is putting as much stuff on a calendar and then expecting everyone to come to everything and having as many people at everything I put on the calendar. And when my, my, my success quote unquote in ministry rode the roller coaster of attendance. And so, um, and so I I would say, quit trying to prove yourself, um, to other people and quit trying to prove yourself to yourself and just be faithful to what God has called you to do and love people really well. Um, it's a great place to be in ministry. Uh, It takes a lot of that pressure off of you, but I definitely felt those pressures on day one. Yeah, that's a great word. That's a great word. All right. So to finish up uh, our conversation, there's a couple of a couple of questions that, um, as we go through our podcast, I hope to to ask at least most of our uh, folks that we're in conversation with. So maybe a little rapid fire style. Um, what book What book are you currently reading, and um, uh, or or the best one that you've read recently, and why is that? Okay. Uh- Currently, I'm kind of twofold because I'm doing an Advent reading as well. And so just personally for our listeners, um, The Dawning of Indestructible Joy by John Piper is a great Advent uh, read uh, for them. But if you don't listen to this in December, that's kind of useless. So a book that I'm reading is uh, Family Discipleship. It's a new Mm -hmm. book by Matt Chandler and Adam Griffin. Um, It's really, really strong and really good. So I'd encourage uh, something we haven't talked much about, Brandon, but I know both of us believe this. Uh, but that our job is to uh, come alongside parents in the faith training of their, of their children and to equip them in that endeavor. And so as I myself am trying to disciple my three children, and then as I try to equip parents to, to that end as well, uh, this book has been helpful because um, I'll give a plug for it. What I've loved so far about it, it's not just the philosophy behind it, but there are so many practical tools that as a student pastor, I can say, here, do this in your homes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it, it's so helpful. So I would encourage all, all ministry leaders, especially student ministry leaders, to read that. All right. Say that title for us one more time. It's Family Discipleship, and it's by Adam Griffin and uh, Matt Chandler. Okay. And, and then I want to plug one more because it's sure. been so influential in my ministry. I've read it several times throughout the years, and it helps with that day one conversation you just said but it's called liberating ministry from the success syndrome and it's by Kent and Barbara Hughes. Okay. And, uh, man, it, 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 it dr- drastically and radically sh- changed how I look at success in ministry. And, um, it, it's such a good read. I get every, um, intern or resident or student ministry staff member that I'm ever served with. Um, I get them to read that and I read it probably almost every two years because it's, mm. it's just such a great resource. Good. All right, real quick, what what's one of the most valuable youth ministry resources you found? Um, DownloadYouthMinistry.com okay. um, is, is a great one. I know many people probably already use that, but for me, I don't want to spend a lot of my time planning games, um, though I think games are important and good in student ministry context. Um, I, don't, I just don't want to spend a ton of my time um, having to 
plan those out, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, Download Youth Ministry kind of comes prepared with, hey, here are games you can use and games you can do, but also has teaching resources, has Discipleship Now resources, it has video content, has leader training content. Um, it has a lot of good stuff. So downloadyouthministry.com is, is clutch. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good answer because it's one uh, stop for a ton of different resources. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's All right, great. Evan, so uh, as I said before, one of our goals is for uh, student ministry leaders all across the state to get to know each other, and we are definitely thankful to get to know you and uh, hear a little bit of what, about what God's doing in your life in student ministry and at First West Students. Tell us uh, where our listeners can find you online. Are there places or social media sites where they can connect with you? Sure. So I have, uh, I have Facebook, and um, I kind of have threefold um, the ways I use my social media. So, so uh, a lot of Facebook Evan is family man Evan. And so, uh, so you get to see a lot of my family, but also I share different uh, resources on there. But I have Facebook, and then I have uh, Twitter as well. And uh, I use that. I'm a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and so I use a lot of that uh, for Pittsburgh Steelers stuff. And then, um, and then also I have Instagram as well. All those are just Evan McFarland. You can go and follow me on any of those. I'd love to connect with, with anyone, who, especially people who does uh, student ministry in the state of Louisiana. And First West students are on uh, social media? Yeah, yes, that's right. So we have an Instagram account and a Facebook account um, that, that, that we post to um, pretty frequently as well and keep our parents and our students engaged in what's going on. Good deal. Evan, it has been great. I appreciate you giving me some time this afternoon to give us a peek into uh, your life and your ministry in uh, Louisiana Student Ministry Leaders. This has been Evan McFarland, student pastor at First West, and uh, we have been thankful for our time together. I hope this is helpful to you, and we look forward to, uh, to more episodes coming your way on the Forum Podcast. Mm -hmm.